0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Like to Read with me, your host, Rachel Polanski. We have a little pirate mascot um, for the viewers watching at home. My cat, Willoughby, um, is in a pirate costume. He also had a hat, wasn't into that, but surprisingly, we're um, about half an hour, 40 minutes into wearing the pirate costume, and he doesn't hate it so far. Um, we also got him a pirate ship scratcher, um, which is approximately four feet long. No, I don't know. I'm not good with measurements or math, but it's, it's quite a large scratcher. Um, was it for him or for me? Really more for me and my boyfriend were both in a very pirate mood recently, um, ordered myself a pirate costume as well, you know, just for fun. Is it for Halloween? Is Halloween even happening? I don't really know, but, um, you know, why not? So anyways, how's everybody doing? Um, I just wanted to touch briefly on something from the last episode. Um, so if you watched the last episode, particularly the visual component of it, um, I was debating whether or not to even put it up, um, just due to the fact that I was not really happy with how I looked in the video. Um, I've struggled for a long time, with body image issues, you know, surprise, surprise, another millennial girl, woman has issues with her body. Um, in the past, like six ish months, four to five, really just like kind of starting in quarantine, I've, um, begun to work out a lot more, pay attention, ironically too, moving more, even though I'm, you know, probably, you know, I'm not going into work. I'm just moving from my bed to the couch. Um, but I've been doing, you know, just like a quick little 20 minute cardio dance video, or I'm lucky enough to have a beautiful, um, city park hiking trail of los angeles right near my house that i go to quite a bit um so i've just been feeling more confident in terms of you know how i feel it's not so much about how i look Um, So back to all that, you know, I really, I liked what I said, so I didn't want to re-record the episode. Um, I also, you know, I didn't feel fat or feel gross. I just know that looking at it immediately, my thought was like, oh my gosh, do I really look like that? And I know that there's also, you know, a combination of like angles and the way that, you know, you look is not necessarily how you actually look and the camera adds 10 pounds and all that jazz and... Bottom line is like I didn't want to not post it just because I didn't love how I looked in it Um, I was debating, you know just posting the audio file Um boyfriend said that would be weird for consistency. So we put them both up Um, and I think it's important to know that I am not you know, I'm not always feeling 100% In my body. Um, it's a constant up and down sort of thing But i'm definitely way happier and way better than I was. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's an easy battle and that it's fixed in one day. Um, and I don't, you know, this isn't like a body positivity podcast and I don't, you know, I don't want to like get too much more into it, um, because you're here hopefully for reading and books. Um, but I did just want to touch on that to know that, you know, I'm a person too and we all, we all have struggles and we all, you know, we all, we all aren't perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I wanted to make sure you know I don't think anybody's trolling me I don't think anybody's like writing anything mean or probably most people didn't even notice anything or think about it but it's it's really about myself and I really don't care I mean it's easy to say I don't care what other people think of course I do to an extent but it's really like I said about how I feel and about how I look and if I don't feel happy with it um that's what's important if somebody else doesn't like that's their problem not my problem anyways we're gonna get into this week's um five books um, I also just wanted to say thank you so much for everybody who's been listening so far, who's been here along for the ride. Um, I know those first couple episodes were really rough. You know, I was holding the microphone up to my face just like this. I said I'm um a lot, probably still will, but I'm just going to kind of – I think the biggest problem of that is I don't always think before I speak. Surprise, surprise. And I'm just so ready to get those words out without even thinking about it. I don't want to say that, you know, I – sometimes have a tendency to repeat words especially if I'm not thinking about it um I do plan the books ahead of time of course now we've learned that we should I should keep the books up because that does I don't always remember the minute details such just like names and settings um but we're learning like I said so first book that we're going to talk about is called too much how victorian constraints still bind women today by rachel verona Cote cote um this book is amazing it is the perfect mix of like memoir personal anecdotes combined with research and looking into a specific topic through a socio-cultural lens and then applying it to problems in today's society um, so as the title says you know too much um, rachel her name's rachel um, she explores the ideals of victorian society you know how women were constantly told that they were too fat or too loud or too much and the corset is such a metaphor for kind of holding you in and constraining or you know how women are constrained so she looks into the constraints that happened in the victorian era certain elements of their culture and society that are still permeating in today's society um so she kind of each chapter explores an aspect of that too muchness while also you know exploring her own too muchness and how that has been an ongoing issue quote unquote or element of her life um she talks about pop culture issues like the babysitter's club which by the way amazingly well done adaptation on netflix even if the books were not as iconic a part of your childhood as they were for me i highly recommend checking that out so you know goddamn i need to plan this better um i do have a couple excerpts on my phone of um pictures i took from my kindle that i just loved so much um there was a particular line about the babysitter's club um and about sort of like how everybody just even if your life was perfect which, you know, growing up, mine definitely wasn't, I'm sure most kids weren't, Um, you always just, like, wanted that yearning for another life and to just, like, easily place yourself into someone else's life, whether they were fictional or a real person, but alas, I'm filming on my phone right now, excuse me, um, it's gonna be way too complicated to, like, get up and grab all that, so maybe we'll throw that in, in the comments, maybe next episode we'll think about, you know, having those pictures and excerpts already on my computer, um but that's not gonna happen this time so that's something to look forward to another learning curve um i'm also this book is particular you know i could look back and think wow this book was so formative because um so i ended up so i read this i ended up following the author rachel on twitter and then lo and behold she posted that she's going to be teaching a nonfiction writing class um specifically kind of focusing on everything that she learned while writing her book i admired her writing style so much like it's totally the kind of writing that I aspire to do um I've been toying with the idea for quite a long time of exploring the VH1 of love reality shows you know like rock of love flavor of love especially like the lesser known spinoffs from that um, Daisy of love I love New York is probably one of the most famous um I love New York real chance of love um when I watched those last year they they're from like the mid-2000s they really just Inspired and really made me feel something in a way that pretty much no other media has, at least in a very long time. And I know that sounds absurd, but, like, why? And why were they so important? And why is looking at this piece of culture from 15 years ago still so important to today's culture and what it says about reality TV and women? So, like, I have a lot of ideas. Um, Like I said, I've been toying with it for over a year, which is around when I rewatched or watched the majority of these shows. I just don't really know where to go with them. Like, a lot of my writing is either more creative prosaic um or like you know reviewy for my blog but it's not the sort of like large-scale think piece by no means am I like in any position to write a book or like anything insane but I think just like a fun article within the course of the six weeks of the class I definitely don't expect to like have anything fully done and ready to share but I think to begin from an idea and at least have like a much better idea of where I'm going with it and where I want to go with it, Um, it'll also be great just to interact and get advice with and learn from somebody who um, I actually have read their work and really just like want to emulate, you know, like I said, I admire her, hopefully she can be a bit of a mentor, Um, so when this episode is out, I will have already been in part of the class. The class will be in session at the time of recording. <clears throat> it's right before the class is about to start, so I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling inspired. It's I graduated college over four years ago at this point, so I like I said, I've, I've been doing my own personal creative stuff like so. But I miss just writing, and I miss that sort of socio-cultural explorations that I was able to bring to some of my academic pieces with a heavy emphasis on academic of course it was for college so to now have the more sort of like personable palatable style hopefully that will translate to a wonderful piece on something about the vh1 rock of love shows Um, so in case you missed it book one is too much how victorian constraints still bind women today Um, this is for anybody who is interested in sociocultural anthropological studies if you're interested in the victorian era if you're interested in britney spears there's like a whole thing about the britney spears mental health conspiracy which is fully rampant on instagram still i'm fully convinced that britney spears is being held a prisoner in her own mind and body um it's a beach read it's light while still feeling like wow i really like you just you learn stuff from it it has the elements of a memoir personal story if you're not so much into like the I mean it's even though it's academic, it is very like I said, it's palatable, it's readable, it's accessible. Um, and even if you're not a woman, if you're a man, you can still read it. And I think it also, you know, helps helped me understand a little bit of my aspects of my too muchness, um, without tampering them down. Of course, you know, it's not a self-help book or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like this two hundred years ago, this is how women acted and 200 years from now from then it's there are certain things that are still present so that is number one um number two is life will be the death of me and you too by chelsea handler um i know chelsea handler is a little bit of a controversial figure for some things that she says you know for her wild radical acceptance of cannabis and certain other drugs and she's a single woman in her 40 late 40s which is so taboo in hollywood but I think she's a queen. I mean, she came from a large Jewish family. She moved to Los Angeles in her young twenties. She's now in her late forties. She is insanely successful. She's had her own talk show, TV show. She, this is like her fifth or sixth book that she's written. Um, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was actually lucky enough to see a live screening, taping, no taping, of the Chelsea Handler Show on Netflix. Sarah Silverman was a guest. I got to touch um, Chunk, her dog who passed away. RIP. Um, that was just a really cool, like, and I didn't get to meet her, but I got to, like, see her in person. And then it was, you know, like, the first month I moved to L.A. So it was, like, a very cool, fun L.A. experience. But this book is... I mean, don't let the fact that she is a comedian or, you know, you might think of her as more of, like, a personality or an actor, but she's an amazing writer. And I know that she does a lot of introspection, a lot of self-work, which is especially what this book deals with. Um, For a long time, Chelsea has been super aware of her privilege and reckoning with it and trying to see, as a wealthy white woman, like, what she can do to kind of ground herself and make herself, you know, the best version of herself as possible. So this book really deals with her... um, Past traumas, particularly the brother of her, the, the brother, the death of her brother when she was younger, which is something that I personally didn't know much about with Chelsea. I know she speaks openly a lot about mm-hmm. her family, but this is the first time that she's really spoken about the death of her brother and how, even though that happened when she was nine years old, looking you know forty almost forty years later, how those lasting effects have still impacted her and affected her relationships, affected her lack of empathy, just affected. So many different things, and she's very candid with her personal journey. Um, there's a personality test that she takes in it, which is super fun, that I'd never heard of. Um, she has a couple of chapters, like, about her dogs and her love of her pets. But the majority of this book is really, like, reckoning with her past self, her journey, um, that she, you know, she is a self self proclaimed that she like doesn't really have empathy and doesn't really have like she's selfish and can't really relate to other people and I think a lot of people are that way but they just won't admit it so admitting it and being wanting to take the steps to be a better person is a really big deal and to be so open about it as opposed to just like look at me I did all this work and I'm here it's like no this is where I started from this is where I ended up I still have quite a ways to go but I'm gonna take you on my journey and you know just because she can't She also recognizes like she can't turn on her TV and she has two assistants on call all the time and like she can't do that shit for herself, but that's not normal. And at least she she knows that and she got where she was out of her own sheer natured will. And, you know, it's not like she had a rich family who paid for her entire life and to get there. So I just admire her. It's a well-written book. It's a little bit deeper from somebody who is known for being light and funny, um, but also just gives you a fun, fun, I love to say that everything's fun. It gives you a nuanced look into somebody who kind of just may appear as a one-dimensional person if you don't know a ton about her. Um, if you've read all of her books, you'll definitely enjoy this. If this is your first foray into the Chelsea Handler books, um, she's come a long way since the first one, so this might even be the one to dive into if you haven't already. Okay. Next, we have, um, so I'm cheating a little bit on this episode. Normally, we just talk about five books. This week, I read so many books that I kind of had to combine two, so there's really going to be six, but I'm combining two. There are two short story collections that are similar but different. So the first one is, the first one is called The Hidden Girl and Other Stories by Ken Liu um so ken lee was an author i had never heard of this is another one of those that i think i just saw kind of like recommended in a goodreads or something article that came out when did this come out like a little while ago february um and i had a hold on it at the library and it finally came in this week so that's why i read it um like i said it's a book of short stories i believe there's like 17 or 18 this one's a little bit longer it's over 400 pages um even though each story is self-contained quite a few of them do kind of have overlapping characters and overlapping threads um they're more of a sci-fi futuristic world while still having very grounded characters who could exist today just in these situations and worlds that we can't personally fathom um yeah they they're almost i guess goodreads is saying there's a novelette in it which is kind of like a novella i guess or a You know under 100 pages i don't know what the exact terminology is to be able to call it a novella versus a novel um but this is great for sci-fi lovers this is great for people who kind of you know philip k dick sort of black mirror type um but with a little more humanity not so much like a twilight zone darkness i mean there's that aspect to it but like i said it's more about the characters and the personal relationships existing with this outside world as opposed to the world existing with the characters So that's one short story book or book of short stories. And the other one that I really enjoyed is called And I Do Not Forgive You, Stories and Other Revenges by Amber Sparks. Okay, so like, first of all, how amazing is that title and other revenges? Like, immediately drawn into it. Um, This is another one that I had a hold on for quite a little while, quite a few months at the library. Um, it's a shorter one. It's like at least half the length of the hidden girl It's like under 200 pages. So a very easy like one day read again Also a very easy way to get back into reading if you're like I just can't simply read more than five pages a night If you only want to read five or ten pages a night, you could even bang out like two short stories In this, um, it's not sci-fi. It's grounded in reality but there's quite a few like elements of fairy tales and magical realism to it, um One thing that I was gonna share is there was just an amazing first sentence for one of the stories that really grabbed me in. And so I was gonna read it to you. Maybe we'll put it in the description, but I don't have access to it right now. I just, it brought me back immediately to a time in fourth grade when we did this experiment where everyone was doing our free read. We all sat on the floor. The teacher said, okay, now, I want people to volunteer and read me the first sentence of your book. And so I remember the one that I chose was from the Series of Unfortunate Events book that I was reading. Naturally, the sentence was like five or six lines long, but it reading the having the kids, you know, with myself, reading the variety of different first sentences, excuse me, exposed the power of how it can draw you and how it can set the tone, how it cannot set the tone. Just kind of like, ever since then, I've always sort of noted the first sentence of a book in that context, like really thinking about it as opposed to just like, all right, I'm diving in. So some highlights from I, um, and I do not forgive you. Um, there's one where Zeus and his daughter, I think it's Athena in the story. Um, they, it's sort of like a video game type situation. Like she creates a video game for him and it's still the gods, but like imagine they were in 2020. Um, there's a really sort of relatable (laughs) short story about two friends who share a theater friend and the way that this theater friend is such an actor and fits all those stereotypes and is so dramatic and brings all that to their lives while they still kind of like remain on the periphery. Um, another one about a trailer park ghost and the girl who lives there and the ghost that haunts her, um another one that's like you know here's my diary about the weird sounds that my neighbors upstairs are making and maybe they're werewolves so it's sort of like magical realism everyday women thrown into not everyday situations tight and succinct prosaic but still like flowing like to write a short story I think is almost sometimes harder than a novel it's like what's left unsaid is more powerful and really you want the bare bones but you also you know you want to provide some literary literariness to it you don't want it just to be like and then sam went to the store and he picked up a box of donuts it's like i'm not gonna give you another sentence but this is a great it really i'm still thinking about it i'm just each story like i i would definitely like read it again too i feel like since everything was so short i still took stuff from it but i could easily like read it again and definitely like it would feel like a different novel, I mean, a different book almost, because I would just get stuff out of it that I didn't get the first time, um, and it's so short that, like, you could reread it again, you could read it probably twice in one day if you had serious motivation, I mean, it's a little bit extreme, but it's the sort of, it's like watching a movie again that you, now that you know the ending, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna look at this now that I, like, understand her style, now that I know what she's going for, and I can take something different out of it, because, Each one is so short, but still filled with wonderful meanings and things to explore. Um, Yep, so that's that one. The next one we have is called Beauty by Christina Chu. Um, This is about one woman. It's a fiction. It's a novel. It's one woman, Amy from We Meet Her when she's a young child her father has just left her and her mother and her sister and the novel takes us through that moment all the way through her life her first marriage having her son with him um she's then in another marriage um her son has some behavioral problems so she there's the issue of motherhood and being able to connect with him while you know resenting him and his problems while still feeling that insane motherly bond contrasted with the relationship she has with her second husband's son who is you know quote unquote more normal her um wanting to feel like you know his mother and his primary guardian because there's so many issues with his father through all that is the issue you know as the title states sort of the issue of beauty but through that sort of a woman's role in society um as she meets her first husband who is a fashion designer they meet you know that's sort of her dream for herself and that permeates the entire novel is that dream having been lost and forgotten um because of motherhood but still constantly being a part of her life and um how she finds her way back to there the different ideals of beauty and how her physical uh, appearance changes throughout the year. Um, You know, it's a portrait of a woman and her life um, since she wants to be a fashion designer and sketcher, or sketch, you know, an artist. That component of it contrasted with her role as a mother, her role as a woman, as a wife, um, is all just really well written. It paints, you know, it sounds like a story that has been told time and time again, but Amy Wong is definitely a very deep three-dimensional character who I would love to spend time with, um, a woman who is open with her flaws and thoughts and dreams in a way that's very, like, you know, I'm not a mother, I don't have children, but I can totally relate to it in terms of just juggling so many different senses of self and identity in the world. Um, the publisher, this is from, so the publisher is 2040 Books, and it actually won the book award from that, um, which just shows you how freaking good it is, I believe. Um, right now it's only 99 cents on the Kindle store. I think when I got it, it was only a few dollars. So this one might be worth it to get the digital coffee because it's so much more inexpensive. Um, and it's a great read just for anybody who is feeling a little bit stuck in their sense of identity, who wants to take a break and get into the mind of somebody else. And, you know, written in that sort of like catcher in the rye, Holton Caulfield, you know, great Gatsby, what's his name? Nick, you know, Nick, like, it's just like... It's an iconic character almost that we, Amy Wong, I hope becomes an iconic character that people look back on and say, this is a fascinating individual study and let's analyze all these quotes and let's write a book report and all that and blah, blah, blah. Okay. (laughs) And the last book that we have today is called Want by Lynn Steger-Strong. So Want has a beautiful sort of like rainbowy watercolor cover, which I feel is kind of the trend lately. I mean, there's always that sort of like summer bright colors, but especially lately, I mean, I'm personally a fan of the whole tie-dye trend. I have been even before it like became a trend. Um, So immediately like, I did have a hold and I found this online, but it's the sort of cover that just like draws you into it. And you're like, oh, I want that. Like all those different colors and the reds and the blues and the way they all flow together. Um this is another portrait of an individual character study of a woman who, like the title said, just like wants more out of her life. She's unsatisfied. She's tired. She has two kids. Um, She is living beyond her means. She's just trying to juggle her life um it also so as she's struggling with her relationship as a mother she's also struggling um with her relationship to her former best friend sasha um sasha is kind of we pretty much get to know her and meet her through flashbacks to their child ch- to their college experience which is where they became super close and then how um, Elizabeth, the main character's friendship with Sasha has shifted and evolved and how friendships can look so different from each side um, how a friendship and one in particular can sustain our own sense of self and our own relationships with others. Um, there's also just a lot of you know everyday struggles, um, not so much as targeted like Elizabeth is not you know an aspiring fashion director I think that aspect of beauty, and image is explored more in beauty, but this one explores more of just like an existential longing and yearning. Um, it's not necessarily fun, but it's also not necessarily dark. It's kind of like a Mrs. Fletcher type Tom Parada novel. Um, Goodread says, you know, in want, strong explores the subtle violences enacted on a certain type of woman who dares to want things. So I guess the theme of this episode is kind of you know like women wanting things. women wanting to be themselves, show off their identities um, they've been told they're too much, and there's you know, why? Why is it a problem if a woman's too much and not a man's too much? You know, maybe we'll we'll turn this into an academic lecture and that'll be everything fun. So that is it for this week. I hope you all are doing wonderful. I hope you're reading. As You know, you can also be watching TV, listening to podcasts, but mostly reading. Um, I hope you check out one of these five slash bonus six books. Um, please comment below. Let me know what you're reading. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube for the videos. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or Spotify so you can get our audio files. Make sure you're subscribed on Instagram, on Goodreads, where you can keep up with what I'm reading on a sort of daily basis. Uh I think that's everything and until then stay reading.